Hello, I'm Daniel. I wanted to talk to you about the six perfections today. Um, the six perfections are kind of fundamental to the Buddhist path. It's six things that we're trying to cultivate to help us live more elevated lives. That's what it is. And I'm going to use this text called The Mirror of Zen by Master Sosan as translated by Bopjong. It's a text I like a lot, The Mirror of Zen. It's a text I think about and teach from a lot. So I really want to share this text with you. So, And I'll post a link in the comments so you can see where to get it yourself. So this text was written by a teacher named Sosan in the 1500s in Korea. And a lot of Old texts like this aren't very uh, accessible today, but this is a very accessible text. It's very, except for a few parts, it's very easy to read. It's in verses, so um, it's also short and easy to read, but it's the kind of thing you're kind of supposed to read slow, I think, rather than, you know, we could burn right through it, but I think that that's not the intended way for texts like these to be read. So I wanted to talk about the six perfections and I didn't know if I'd be able to use that this text for that but if I looked around in it until I found the six perfections in there and I did so I was very happy about that I'm going to talk about some verses and we're going to talk about how these relate to the teaching of the six perfections and I'm going to go in order of how the perfections are normally taught which are Generosity, virtue, patience, diligence, wisdom, and concentration. I'm going to go through those in the order they're usually taught instead of in the order they appear in the book. So I'm going to jump around in the book a little bit, and that's okay. So uh, first, I'll read the verse on generosity. If a poor man comes begging from you, give him what he needs according to your means. Have great love and great compassion, considering him as if he were part of your own body. This is true charity, true sharing, true giving. I'll read that again. If a poor man comes begging from you, give him what he needs according to your means. Have great love and great compassion, considering him as if he were part of your own body. This is true charity, true sharing, true giving. So, of course... We often think of ourselves as separate from the world around us, right? We think of, I'm here and you're there and we're not the same. And a true charity is giving as though, giving to someone as though they're me, as though I care about them having what they need as much as I care about myself having what I need. It's the same teaching as in another spiritual tradition where Jesus said, to love your enemy. He didn't say be nice to your, I mean, he did say be nice to your enemy, but the teaching we're talking about, he said, love your enemy, right? It's difficult to be a jerk to someone if you really love them, especially if you love them as yourself. So that's what we're talking about here. Talking about loving our enemy, giving to them as though they're me. So we don't stop and think, does that homeless person deserve the food that they're asking for, or the money that they're asking for? We don't stop to think, do they deserve it? And we're not Thinking of generosity as in, I'm giving to feel good, to feel like I'm being a good person. I'm giving because it's the right thing to do. Because it's the right thing to do. Not because it feels good or because I'll get the credit, but because just giving is the thing to do. 
And next, we're going to talk about virtue. People lacking in virtue do not rely on the Buddha's precepts, nor do they maintain vigilance over the kinds, three kinds of karma, thought, speech, and action. Such people lead a lazy and dissolute life, looking down on others and provoking quarrels. I'm going to read that again. People lacking in virtue do not rely on Buddha's precepts, nor do they maintain vigilance over the three kinds of karma, thought, speech, and action. Such people lead a lazy and dissolute life, looking down on others and provoking quarrels. There's two verses to this one, so I'm going to read the second one. If you do not abide by the precepts in your next rebirth, you will not even be able to receive the body of a mangy fox. How then can you even imagine attaining the fruit of pure wisdom by living like this? Again, if you do not abide by the precepts in your next rebirth, you will not even be able to receive the body of a mangy fox. How then can you even imagine attaining the fruit of pure wisdom by living like this? So, I don't subscribe to the teaching of rebirth. I don't believe you're reborn. So I don't believe you're reborn as a fox. But that's okay, because there's still meaning in this. The meaning is that if we just do whatever we want all the time, if we just don't worry about doing the right thing, we don't worry about taking care of others. We don't worry about harmony. Harmony is really important when we're talking about virtue. Harmony is what it's all about. We don't, if these aren't a list of commandments, we're not virtuous because we've been told to be virtuous. We're virtuous because we know that's the best way to live your life. That's the best way to live your life. So if we're just doing whatever we want all the time and we're stepping on others and not worrying about it and we're just not trying to have harmony with the world around us, then we may as well be reborn as a fox because if we're going around lying or betraying others all the time, we're not going to be able to have a very mindful life. So even, even from a really selfish perspective, that old saying, if I tell the truth, then I don't have to remember what lie to tell in any situation. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about how messed up our life can get if we're going around doing things that are unvirtuous. Next is patience. And when we talk about patience in the context of the six perfections, it's more expansive than just, than just patience. As in, I want to cultivate an ability not to be frustrated when my kids are taking a long time to clean their room. We're talking about that, but we're also talking about patience as in Weathering the storms of life, not falling apart when things get really hard, not letting little things or big things tear us down, but rather going through it. The only way out is through getting through it. That's what we're talking about when we talk about patience. Some people uh, like to call this forbearance instead, and I just I just think that's a word that doesn't mean anything to us. So I don't I don't really do that, but I do. I mean, I do understand the need for that because. Patience is, we think patience means something different than what we're talking about here. Or rather, it doesn't mean as much as what we're talking about here. Okay, so patience. Though someone may injure you in some way, you must keep a settled, not moving mind. Do not give in to anger or resentments. When even a single, single angry thought appears in your mind, countless obstacles are born. Again. Though someone may injure you in some way, you must keep a settled, not moving mind. 
Do not give in to anger or resentment. When even a single angry thought appears in your mind, constant obstacles are born. If you have patience, the limitless, compassionate functioning of the six perfections cannot be attained. I'm going to read that again. I think I said it wrong. If you have no patience, the limitless, compassionate functioning of the six paramitas, six perfections, cannot be attained. If you have no patience, then none of this is going to none of this is going to work. So we're going to have a tough time if we're letting things bring us down all the time. We're going to have a tough time if we don't do our practice when we're having a bad day. We're going to have a tough time if we are just losing our cool all the time. Then we're going to have a tough time practicing. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about how hard it is to keep it together and how hard how hard it can be if we let things tear us down then we're not going to practice. We're going to have a really easy time stepping off the cushion if we have no patience. We're going to have a tough time. Especially if we need a lot of patience because meditation practice is kind of boring. So we need a lot of patience for that too. So um, next is diligence. And this was a little bit harder for me to find in the text. So I had to stretch this verse a little bit to make it uh, I'm going to read it, and it's not going to immediately sound like diligence, but then I'll explain why I think it's diligence. Okay. So the Buddha, the this is the verse. The Buddha taught absolutely everything is totally aflame, burning with the fire of impermanence. And at another time, he said, sentient beings are always engulfed in raging flames of suffering. He warned us further. Passions and delusion are like a vicious enemy who is always looking for an opportunity to kill you. Anyone who studies the Dharma should heed these words. We must practice with the terror and urgency of someone who suddenly realizes that his head has caught fire. I'm just going to read that last line again. I like it. We must practice with the terror and urgency of one who suddenly realizes his head has caught fire. So I'm, I'm relating that to the perfection of Diligence, that diligence means that just, and some people call this enthusiastic effort, it just means, man, we are getting to it. We are getting to the practice, we are remembering it's important, and we're focusing on it, because it's really easy to get off track. It's really easy to not meditate and go watch Netflix instead. It's really easy to not show compassion and to be selfish instead. It's really easy to walk away. So we want to have diligence so that even when it's really, really hard to practice, we are still practicing. And if we reflect on it being really important, if we think the world is on fire, we are on fire with suffering, and and things are really bad sometimes and we really want things to be better, then we can reflect on how important it is to be centered, to be mindful, to be compassionate, because the world needs all of that from us. And 
So really what diligence means is it means coming at this as something that's critically important and then not losing track of it. If we think of our practice as a hobby, then we're going to lose track of it. We're going to get away from it when it gets boring or we're going to get away from it when we're too busy. But if we think of our head is on fire, then hopefully we're going to be really engaged in the practice. So that is um, sort of the justification in the text for diligence. It's just reflecting on how important this is. So now there's only two left. And the next one is concentration. So I'm going to read another verse. When plunged into meditation, one perceives clearly the appearing and disappearing of things in the world. Pure and clear wisdom that functions with no hindrance arises from correct meditation. Pure and clear wisdom that functions with no hindrance. So when we talk about this, we're talking about the perfection of concentration. And when we're talking about that, we're talking about regular practices we've done, such as breathing meditations or following a mantra. Or there's a number of other concentration practices, but it's those kinds of things, the kind of things where we have one thing that we focus on and we try to bring all our attention to that thing. That is training and concentration. And when we do that, then it helps us to develop pure and clear wisdom. It helps us to learn how to shut out the things that we don't want to focus on and to bring in reality. It helps us learn how to correctly perceive the world around us and see things as they really are and not bring, hopefully, not bring our baggage into everything all the time, or at least shut out our baggage for a little bit. And so that leads us to the last perfection, which is the perfection of wisdom. And a lot of time, a lot of the time people say this is the most important one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I think they're all important. But this is the perfection of wisdom. And almost sounds like a meditation instruction, really. To empty your mind, simply reflect deeply right into it. Then you can truly have faith that, in reality, the appearing and disappearing of even one thought is itself an illusion. There is, in fact, no thing that ever actually appears. I'm going to read that again. I think it's really powerful. To empty your mind, simply reflect deeply right into it. Then... You can truly have faith that in reality, the appearing and disappearing of even one thought is itself an illusion. There is, in fact, no thing that ever actually appears. So we're talking about really seeing the world and ourselves as we really are. The truth is that everything's connected. Nothing ever really comes or goes because this moment is all there is and all that we have. And that's what we call correct insight into the nature of things. And we learn how to cultivate this with different kinds of meditation, such as sitting and reflecting on impermanence. That is, when we just sort of think about how things change and... Um, Keeping a big question is another way to, to cultivate wisdom. That is a big question like, who am I? Because if we really think about that question really hard, um, we don't 
really, we like to think we have an answer. We don't really have an answer. Who am I? I don't, I don't really know. Right. I can start listing things about myself, but those are every single one of those is going to be in relation to something else. It's like trying to define the word is who am I? is a really hard question. We can reflect on that and it can really help us to cultivate wisdom and help us not be so attached to our own selfishness and our own baggage and our story all the time. And that is part of what this is really about. It's about seeing ourselves as we really are. We are part of a connected whole. We don't come into the world, we come out of it. We're connected to everything else in the world. So um, that's my talk on the six Zen perfections. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to it. I hope you have a great day.